Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and this week we talk about some changes in the recent updates and digesting some changes in our own ranks. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I am ecstatic, my guy. Ecstatic? <laughs> well, at least it's a word that everyone's heard before. Yeah, know? yeah. That's nice. Know, go, take it back to a good old trusty one. Yeah, generous maybe even <laughs> with that with your vocabulary today, you know? <laughs> that way we don't have to go on and on about, about the word. And look what happened anyway. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> You can't win. You know what I mean? I'm a talker. Not really, actually. <laughs> yeah, me, actually. So anyway, so why are you feeling ecstatic today? I've actually had an amazing amount of fun the last few days. And it's kind of an odd situation because, as you know, our small guild got a lot, lot smaller. We actually lost all of our crafting infrastructure the players that kind of had the backbone for us in that area decided to go a different way and but at the same time i didn't realize how much pressure i was feeling to try and orchestrate fun for the hardcore members that we did have and yeah i'm gonna I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, no, that's fine. I was just going to say, I was like, these last few days, I was kind of able to just uh, play the game however I wanted at the speed I wanted and just kind of, I don't know, chill out. And it's been a lot of fun that way. You've just demonstrated how you're a far less petty person than I am, uh, which is (laughs) awesome. And I won't go on and on with my pettiness, but I am going to be petty for a moment and just say, not naming names or any of that. But you're right. You did have a lot of pressure from other adult people to provide fun for them and an easy way to say it. (laughs) Unfortunately, these adult people literally took zero steps at any point in time on their own to create what they thought you should be creating. Again, I'm not naming names and and I'm not going to go on and on about my personal squabble with this, but I talked about this a few weeks ago and I said that, you know, the the game population is obviously, you know, shockingly low. And as a result of that, a lot of things are, I don't, I mean, to say it's in a death spiral is a little dramatic, but (laughs) things are contracting constantly, right? Like there's not, there's, there is no expansion (laughs) in the game. Everything is getting tighter all of the time. And what you see, what I saw, is some people looking to shift the blame that is ultimately just the failure of the game to capture the hearts and minds of gamers around the world and shifting that to individuals within the community and saying, you've not done enough to keep people engaged. Mm -hmm. When... The reality is, is that Monumental has not done enough to keep people engaged. And and maybe they will, and they're brand new in this, and they haven't really done anything yet, of significance at least. So 
you know, things could certainly turn around, but it's just, it's unfortunate for me to see people devolve into finger pointing and into, again, blaming individuals of the community who are, are very much a part of the community and trying to keep this alive for the people who still care and, and blaming them for its shortcomings. So again, I, I don't mean to go on and on, but I will just, you know, if anyone here listens and you have your own guild or you have a guild and you start to see people pointing fingers at each other for why the game is not as engaging or why, like, t- please take our lesson and try and head that <laughs> off because that's not a real conversation. And, and, and the fragmenting of the community in that, that way is unfortunate. Now I will say the other side of that coin is that people are certainly welcome to play the game in whatever way is most satisfying to them and to the people that left our, our ranks um, outside of the, I mean, well, whatever to the people that left our ranks, I hope that they do find what they think they're looking for. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that they will because I don't think it exists because <laughs> the game population doesn't exist to, to serve that. But Hey, you know, maybe I will be wrong as I have been over and over again, kind of like I was about how successful Crowfall would be. So, um, we still got time. We still got time. I mean, yeah, you saw the inventory sure. changes, right? I mean, we've got tabs, we've got filters. I mean, they did. They did <laughs> finally update the uh, the the bank inventory, so it's certainly more usable. And yeah, and that's that's a win. Still confusing, though. Still confusing. I had to click the filters several times because I guess it takes out what's on the page. Is that right? I just don't understand why (laughs) I can't type in the word crafting and everything that has crafting in its description doesn't show up. This functionality is available in Microsoft Word. It's control F, right? (laughs) Like Now, I'm not a programmer, so I don't know the technical limitations and challenges that would go into implementing control F Mm -hmm. into a video game, but I'm hard pressed to believe that it's that taxing. But, but to your point, there are a ton of different tabs now, which do actually make it far more manageable and there's, there's little clickable filters. So, you know, it's not just resources now, but there's also, you can filter by, you can filter out metal and stone and just see, you know, wood and hides or something. Right. So, Mm -hmm. There are ways to, to to use the inventory now that are certainly leaps and bounds better than it has been prior to right now <laughs> when they changed it. So I only got to click on it for a little bit. Then was there a cooking? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I say no. I don't believe there was okay. because I looked specifically for that. <laughs> Again, I, I I also for a long time thought I understood how one of my character's abilities work. Only when I actually finally reread it for the who knows how many time the tooltips mm-hmm. realized that I had misunderstood. So yeah, I, I've done be... that so many times in this game. I was like, I think yeah. I think it was changed. It had to have been changed. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm bad at reading, right. apparently. Yeah, there's a lot to read. A lot to read. <laughs> um, so another change that they've rolled out, which I think is. Um, a good change and uh, definitely a simple fix to a problem we talked about recently, which was the, the the prevalence of alt accounts and solo guilds claiming dregs rewards for themselves. 
which again, you know, maybe the system is, I think the scoring system overall is, is definitely bad, mm-hmm. but the, the scoring system was never designed to, for a game, the game to be played by, you know, a hundred people or whatever it is. Right. So yeah, true. again, to some extent, it's just more of more of a product of the population problem. But anyway, so the change they've made is that now, in order to qualify as a guild for rewards and dregs, you have to have at least 10 members um, in the guild. Now, this is not active members, but just 10 members on the, website. On the roster on the website. Right? Yeah. So, so I think that's a fair, a fair change. I'm glad that they didn't make it 10 active members, because if they would have done that, I mean, there's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be like five guilds in the game. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would have been. Uh, it would have been funny because uh, after our split internally, and both groups would have just been disqualified. <laughs> yeah, actually, I hadn't thought about it, but if uh, you know, so that's the other thing, and this is why I point to the constantly diminishing population is that the real problem that we run into is that it's hard to have consistent activities for people to participate in because there's just not enough people and normally the way that is resolved within a guild is you recruit more and then you have more people and there's more opportunities for things to to happen but again because there's hardly anyone new you just don't there's not that opportunity to recruit we actually did recruit someone somewhat recently and that (laughs) crashed and burned horribly they were turned out to be some nut job type person <laughs> and I don't know, said all sorts of crazy stuff and it was bad, but, yeah. but anyway, there's just not anyone to recruit. Um, and so I hadn't thought about it, but actually with this new change, I wonder if the people who left our guild, I don't think they have enough to, <laughs> to qualify in their little, little group. Well, that's, um, that's kind of the thing. Even, even though there's a 10 threshold, they they also have alt accounts. A lot a lot oh, a right. lot of people have alt accounts at this point. So at least as long as you have five people in your guild and everyone's willing to spend an extra fifteen bucks, then you can have your ten yeah. through the alt accounts. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean you could do it with one and have nine alt accounts and... Sure. Yeah, if you're willing to spend yeah. the hundred and fifty bucks on on that, certainly. Which I mean, hey, you know, if that's <laughs> people spend way larger sums of money on uh, things that I would consider far more ridiculous. So certainly that's that's a possibility. Yeah, I do think, though, that it will serve to significantly cut down on the prevalence of the solo guilds oh, running yeah, around. I, do too. In I mean, because it's like once everyone figured out they could get cuts like that, then people aren't even really concerned with the main alliance objectives or doing things like that because it's like, well, I can just get on my alt account and run around and not participate with this other huge group that we're supposed to be participating with. And then it's just, I don't know, more fracturing. And But yeah, it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they've now implemented the changes we talked about last time with Shadows, where the level 34 and 35 mobs are available in Shadows, yeah. rank 9 and 10 resources are available in Shadows. So I'm, I'm definitely interested to see kind of what happens. I mean, I, I'm really, I think that this next month is going to be kind of 
more of the same that it has been for the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, there's not been any changes. I mean, I was really surprised, honestly, to log into Dregs and see that, you know, the map names are different like they always are. And I'm sure the RNG for the layouts of the map is different, but the actual size of the map is the same. Mm -hmm. There's still 12 different maps in Dregs. They're all pretty, pretty large. Yeah. And I was really surprised to see that because it, I don't know how. I don't know how it wouldn't make sense to go down to like six maps in dregs. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Or even give um, us a... less keeps or I don't know, just kind of bringing it in a little bit closer. And maybe they're working towards that. I mean, there's a, a lot of changes on their plate. I think that they're having to toss around. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true, but that's kind of what I mean. So dregs, I think is going to be largely the same that it has been. Which, you know, you know, so something else we didn't talk about, but also at the end of our last campaign, not only did our guild splinter, and somewhat of what contributed to that was that our alliance splintered as well. Yeah. And I was actually really interested to understand kind of the logic behind one of the guilds in our alliance that, that was planning to just play solo and not ally up at all this campaign. Mm-hmm. And that is, is that they don't actually think that the population is there to sustain even 25 on 25 man sieges. And so they're shifting entirely to try and focus on 12 man wildland zone fort content. Yeah. And so I, I I think that's an interesting place to see the game go. And if dregs this month is largely just fort fights, I don't, I don't know that I'm very enticed to be in dregs this campaign. Yeah. It's a, it's a tall order and you got to think about the upgrading of keeps. I mean, last dregs was, yeah, I mean we we had a lot of good fights and and we did a lot of good things 25 on 25 and it was a lot of fun. At the same time, it was probably the most keeps and forts I'd seen that were not upgraded. <laughs> yeah, forts especially. Yeah. They don't even get walls. Yeah. I mean, it was just like you know, no, it takes a lot of time and and effort to do that and if folks are going to do it, they're probably just going to do it for their main keep because the population is so low and you know, people only have so much activity, so it can only go around so much. But it, it was kind of sad, because I, I like seeing the forts upgraded. I would like to see more options in the forts and outposts. I mean, we've talked about that, but, I mean, people have to be there to upgrade them and care about them, too. Well, you know, I think, and I mean, this is something else that we've talked about in the past, but you know, the way that the, the campaign map works today, as far as the way that things are laid out, it doesn't really make sense. And if it does, then again, I'm just too stupid to, to make sense of it, which is not surprising if, if true. But you go out on the campaign map today, and I, I, this is true in Shadows as well, and there's just some outposts scattered around, mm-hmm. but they don't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're there for point acquisition but there's not a tactical advantage yeah to holding an out right, right right and then you go to forts and yet again there's not a tactical advantage now forts might serve as a place for you to be able to as like a base of operations for farming yeah but as far as pvp goes it's not like well i'm gonna hold keep a and then i want these forts around keep a that act as a buffer in some way uh-huh. 
and maybe outposts around that. Like none of that is true, mm-hmm. at least again to my untrained eye. Mm-hmm. And so instead, it's just just it's like random, right? Yeah. There's just forts somewhere. There's keep somewhere, and really the only value they have would either be a base of operations for farming, maybe, or just simply conquest points. Yeah, yeah. One of my one of my favorite mechanics in Camelot was how the towers worked with the keeps. And if you ha- captured all three, or, or no, if you held all three, you could port to the keep, I guess, was the thing, right? I think there were four towers, and yes. Yeah. you ha- Even if you held the keep, you had to hold all of its towers. You first had to have control of the keep, and then you had to have control of its towers to be able to instantly teleport to that keep. Right, right. And then so by attacking towers, you could cut off ports making it longer for the enemy and then set up a stage conquest on like the relic or something because now they're having to travel farther you have a better chance to do whatever you wanted to do so there was a, there was like maneuvering around the point capture for a purpose yeah yeah i think that i i mean i don't know what they want it to look like and you know maybe they have completely different ideas and i'm not suggesting that they should just recreate what's already been created so maybe there's some innovative idea that i don't again know of but i would definitely like to see especially if they're going to lean into shadows is the way to play right the introduction Uh to the game and and to call it the introduction is not fair though because if it's really going to be where new players go and thrive then it's probably going to be where they want to stay or a lot of people want to stay permanently. Mm -hmm. So it's going to have to be sustainable. And if that's true, then I hope that they, again, whether or not they innovate, you know, but I hope that they at least look at what some other games have already done for faction versus faction and maybe kind of reorganize the way that we think about all of that anyway. Yeah. Um, And and, and I, I think it has to be that, guilds are able to claim faction keeps and forts and such because it allows them to have ownership and uh, control how the buildings are upgraded but at the same time you're still taking advantage of like a big alliance because you're united by the faction so really a, a small guild could still claim a keep if they had the faction support and we're active enough, and they're like, hey, we'll let you have it because we know you're going to upgrade it or, or whatever, even though you got 10 guys. I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of possibility there. Yep. And yeah, you know, something else that I hope that they seriously take a look at is something that you've talked about. I don't know how much we've talked about on the pod. I know we've talked about it offline quite a bit, but, and that's the idea of some sort of PvP progression. And, you know, when you've talked about it, it's been like, well, could we get PvP progression in the form of, like, achievements or titles or skins, yeah. you know, for armor or aesthetic type things? And I think that's certainly valuable. But I also kind of feel like there should be, like, you know, for example, I saw a suggestion on the forum that why during the Valentine's Day event was there not a chance for players to drop flavonoids on death? Not the flavonoids that they had harvested, right? Not their own, but just simply as a loot kind of drop, right? right. Which would then incentivize people to play (laughs) the game the way it's meant to be played Uh versus instead flavonoids seem to be 
I mean, I was glad they had a holiday event and it was, it's nice that they're finding an interactive way to give people, you know, good rewards. That's not just a, a Twitch uh -huh. drop, but it really incentivized people to play by themselves almost exclusively. Yeah. That, that was a little strange. Also, I mean, I did a, did a, as much crafting and gathering of that as I could at the end, <laughs> the very last day, I make all my currency, cosmic, cosmic sours. I'm at 194. And it's like, oh, well, I need at least six more. So out I go for more flower picking. And I went through so much dust. I didn't even come out of dregs with very much dust at all. Usually I'm able to add to dust crafting pile or something. It was like hardly anything. Burned it all on that. I mean, the, I'm happy with the enchants, I guess, but, and I think enchants on other accessories are coming, so I'm excited to see that, like, the back accessory, being able to add something to all of them, a possibility, but, yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm definitely, you know, I'm excited to, I'm excited to see what the game will bring still, because I think that we can only go up from here. Yeah, true. I do think that the the UI changes are great. I think it's good that they found a simple way to at least mitigate the um, the volume of players doing solo guild and you know dregs rewards from that. Although there was one guy in dregs who's been a solo guild. I mean, for at least five months, <laughs> uh -huh. and and he was actually in the Denki Alliance. Uh -huh. And, of course, they all split at the end, like they always do. Yeah. And he was actually in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, wow, look at that. But so I, there is a part of me, because I feel like that guy was legit. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he really was a solo guild, but he, I don't know, like, that was just his deal. You know what I mean? So it's a little sad that he can't continue. Right, right. Um, I mean, it's still an, act, an activity, and it still contributes to conquest points. We are just having a conversation in our, in our new alliance which which you know, we found a new alliance and they were very supportive of our current situation and, and all that so which is great but it i can understand if you're maxed and you had 15 guilds and you're kind of like well do we want to keep this one person alt guild in here when we have another guild that could join and they're not an alt guild and maybe you got to make that distinction but at the same time, people got to run outposts. I mean, if it's an alt account, if it's a main account, I mean, it's contributing to the overall alliance score. They're still playing it. I don't know. It's hard to argue against, I guess. Yeah. It's, you're right that they did still, they do still have to go out and do it. Again, you know, another, another thing that could have solved that, I think, would be smaller maps. Yeah. Because the problem is, is there's just so many outposts that there's no one's going to compete over all of those, you know, like, <laughs> it's just too much. To, the one, yeah, the one solo guy that's way off in the corner getting, getting the outpost, no one's going to run out there and contest like, Whatever, man. He's going to have right. it. Right. So, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't pre-gamed this idea at all, but something that just kind of came to me that, and I don't know what the answer is. So this is kind of a brainstormy kind of thing, I guess, but. So a problem that we've encountered in running a guild, and this is not unique to Crowfall, mm -hmm. 
this is true in any game, really. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll walk through it. But a problem that we've run into is that, uh, again, even if the population was thriving, like even if this was the most popular game that had ever existed, there's going to be churn in the population. People are going to quit, take breaks, whatever, right? And so a problem we've encountered is people being relatively established within our community and then abruptly leaving mm -hmm. but they were they were given resources yeah with the idea that they would be crafting them or using them or whatever mm -hmm. in, in whatever context of the you know they had yeah. whatever role they had but then when they leave now the guild loses all of those resources yeah and it's not like they stole them and went to another guild like that would almost be more part of the throne war or something you know what i mean like, yeah, we gotcha. yeah. <laughs> yeah then they're just role-playing a thief or something but in this case it's actually a lot more innocuous than that like it's not malicious they just whether it's because they don't want to play anymore or have other demands in their life that don't allow them to and i can certainly understand once you're done with a game not making it a priority to tie up those loose ends you know what i mean like i get it. but that does put an undue burden on it, uh, undue burdens, not the right way to say that it just creates a bad situation for the guild because now resources that everyone has contributed and worked for are just lost to the void kind of right. Yeah. It's, it's really probably the greatest lesson that I learned in managing a guild or a group of people because just the way the mechanics work and the, the the finances of the rewards all of that it, it's best that it's kind of filtered through the guild leader but at the same time all of the members are putting their trust in the guild leader that they're not going to disappear right i, I mean and you know god forbid something tragic but it could be something like that like it could be that you know you, something happens in real life that physically prevents you from returning to the game yeah yeah right? like I, I just can't the, log in right and, right whatever that is I, I don't even want to speak something horrible into existence because i'm not trying to put that out there mm -hmm. but you get what i'm saying like yeah, well, i mean we, accident or something we've, we've dealt with members going through natural disasters right. real life issues even just i don't want to play anymore i mean it all of the reasons and, and some more, whatever you can think of has, has been, you know, a thing. Right. And, and yeah, and, and certainly the guild does run that risk with the GM as well, but I don't know. That's the, th and that, so that's why I say it's kind of a brainstorming because it's like, I don't know what the answer to that is. It, it is so tough because, well, it's the way the, chest storage works also doesn't necessarily help with that but even i mean we have well we had main crafters and so i would distribute various resources under that idea that that they would craft but when they also decide to go a different direction or stop playing for whatever the reason may be we don't also, we, I mean, we lose the resources, but we also lose the ability to make whatever that is. 
and when it comes to vessels or legendary crafting uh, at the highest level that's hard to replace in our most recent situation i'm going to have to look for another alternative to try and get some legendary vessels for the, the people that are still with us and playing because our our main necro was part of that and that wasn't the first time. I mean, we've actually went through three main necros. And, and I know you're thinking, like, well, you should learn how to do necro. And I have the backup, but it, it it is a long, grindy path and a lot to learn. And when you're the guild leader and wearing all of the different hats and kind of focusing your attention on all the different aspects, because Crowfall is a huge scope game. It, it's... I don't know. It, it's tough to wrap your head around and you can't always focus on one thing when you have members wanting to do other things. It's always good to have the shared vision. And I think that's what ultimately the split was about. Not that anyone was at fault, but the vision was different. Uh, boat going in a different direction or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, like I said, don't actually have a, a solution in mind, and I don't know what the answer yeah. is. I mean, I, I guess you're right. You know, to some extent, if you could have, I don't know, if you if there was easier access to materials. I mean, part of the problem is is there's such limited ranks that you can assign in, in, to the chests in the ek. So permissions, right? right. So permissions becomes a problem. I was getting at with the storage the way the storage is set right. up because when I was allocating resources both of us have the EK our own EKs but my my EK is a guild EK and I have the permission set a certain way and it's hard to limit a chest to just two people because right. you have vassals and nobles and I believe Vassals is still parcel-based. So if you had mm. other parcels, you could then break it off with the Vassals only being able to access the chest in that parcel. Right. I haven't tested that in a while, so I don't know if that's still how it works. But right. when I first did that, I about wanted to rip my head off. <laughs> so this campaign, you think you're going to be playing in Shadow primarily? Um, I definitely want to mess around in shadows more. I'm looking forward to having more of an informal schedule. In dregs, it's, there's a lot of pressure to maintain those keeps. And if no one shows up for those defenses, it's like you're limited to your alliance. I'm hoping that at least with the faction, there's a little bit less pressure to make those commitments and i kind of want to just i don't know chill maybe put together some things on on the weekends with our european friends and i don't know you know just see what see where it goes not have too much pressure on it cool well anything else you wanted to cover today i think that'll do it well that's all for the show today follow us on twitter and minds at crowfall pod you can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a wide variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a podcast about video games where we explore the idea of why gaming matters. As always, thanks for the listen. Have a great week.
stay up. Thank you.